first, we'll start this thing off. Tennessee Tech is on the clock. Uh, joined now by Golden Eagles coach John Pelfrey. John, good morning. Hey, bud. What's up, man? Hey, everything is going great. Uh, good morning to you. And uh, I know Christmas is right around the corner, so Merry Christmas. How are things on the plateau? <laughs> everything in the upper commons is going great. We're um, just finished up with school and finished up our non-conference schedule. And um, we've been a little bit banged up. Uh, with some injuries and some uh, sickness, but uh, super excited about uh, some of the things that we've been able to, to work on as a basketball team and our young leaders. And um, they're on break. They're at home right now spending some time with their families and enjoying the traditions that they've grown up with. And uh, we'll be looking forward to getting them back on the 26th. And uh, we open up with a home game uh, here in uh, Cookville uh, against Little Rock. So, uh yeah, basketball season's on us, and, and uh, certainly excited about the second half of our season. By the way, um, who's your travel partner uh, in the league? Is it? Do you have one? I don't know if we have them. I think we've got a little bit of a hybrid schedule. I think we do try to do some regional things just in terms of, um, hey, if you're going to head out to, you know, Illinois, hopefully you can kind of get two of those games on the same trip. Um I would say it's probably a little bit of a combination between Tennessee State and, and uh, maybe Moorhead. Yeah, it's been Moorhead. It was Jacksonville State for a while there, too. You're, you know, you're sort of on the eastern part of it, and, and you and Moorhead sort of aligned uh, geographically. Hey, hey, John, what do you try to get done in the non-conference portion? Because you look at these schedules, not all, not all non-conference records are the same because they're all constructed differently. How do you approach it? Well, there are, you're exactly right. There's a lot of approaches uh, or, or factors that go into your non-conference schedule. One, uh, you want to play some games that you can probably have the best chance to win. I think at this level, that's the hardest thing is all these games are super challenging. Uh, there's not a lot of separation, especially now with the, with the transfer portal. But you would hope to get a few games where you can win and play your whole team and, and uh, develop everybody. There's also going to be some financial things you need to get done there with three or four games that – you know, creates helps with budgets and, uh, uh, for yourself and also the athletic department. Then you try to get some really good home games um, with teams like yourself uh, that you can get some home and homes that are good for your fans. So I think there's a lot of things that go into it. Um, but everybody would, you know, would, winning is still a piece of it. Um, and uh, I think for us, I think this is the most wins we've had in our non-conference since we've been here. Uh, but we, we were right there to win three more. Uh, we, we competed really well on both a couple games at home and then on the road. So I think there's a lot of factors going to your non-conference schedule. Well, and I know you had 11 newcomers last year, and you were just a, a, a toenail away from going to the NCAA tournament. We can talk about that here. I don't want to bring that up right at the beginning. Literally, okay. yeah. yeah, literally a toenail. Yeah, literally a toenail from going to the NCAA tournament, winning the tournament, uh, the OVC tournament. But this year, 10 new ones, you, you, you have a blend of some high schoolers that you do and that you have now, and you look like a Deontay Wood. He's now the senior citizen, uh, the longest veteran on your team. Uh, longest tenured, how, I mean, you're almost, uh, I mean, I, you can practice all you want. Till you get in game situations, you really don't know how players are going to react to each other. And that's just a time thing. Isn't this where we are with the transfer portal? You know, there's a reason why you got HOF behind your name, Hall of Famer. You're exactly right. <laughs> oh, man. Um, it is, it has, um, 
our business and profession has changed, and it's taken a lot of mental energy, uh, being a serious learner, being curious about what's going on, because you're exactly right. And the transfer portal has changed everything. Um, it looks like it's going to change again now with them allowing uh, double transfers. Um, so you can find yourself in a situation on a year-in, year-out basis where you are literally may have to replenish your – heck, 10 may be a, a, a low number for you on a given year. Yeah. You may be going to 12 or 13. And, oh, by the way, just because you can sign 12 or 13, it may take you 15 to 18 visits. You're not going to go 100 for – you're not going to uh, go 100% on your visits. So it's, it's creating more money, too, to, to fill out these rosters. But, yeah, practice is good. Uh, it's necessary. College coaches love it. Uh, we practice more than we play. But you're exactly right. Until you get under the gun, until you get that adrenaline going, uh, popcorn's popping, uh, <laughs> something's on the line, uh, everybody responds a little bit different. And there's just so much information uh, that you learn in those evaluations. University Showcase, Strike and Spare Family Fund Center, John Pelfrey, Tennessee Tech men's basketball coach with us here um, this morning uh, at John Pelfrey on Twitter, TTU underscore basketball on Twitter X, uh, if you want to follow that. Uh, and the thing, and we're going to talk about this team here a little bit more in just a minute, but John, we, I want to continue down this little bit of this rabbit hole. The thing, I come so strong from a high school pr- perspective. We've talked about this before. My dad was longtime high school basketball coach in Kentucky, and you know what that means, right? <laughs> so That's exactly right. Uh, yeah, and but what I don't like, you see it in the football right now. You see it on your level and all levels that you really can't go deep into the high school level because you never know what you're going to lose in the transfer portal, and you never know what's going to show up. And I think in the long term, the high schoolers coming right from straight to high school as true freshmen, they're the ones being left behind in a large part. It's certainly making it really hard on them. And like I tell a lot of high school coaches and high school student-athletes, uh, you it's different for you right now. And it doesn't mean that you can't have the same dreams and goals as everybody in the past. You didn't create the transfer portal, neither did I, but we're both having to deal with it. And you're exactly right. Um, it's, I think sometimes it's about when you're in leadership, a business, a company, your family, things you're trying to do, you try to limit risk. And like you said, when you've got to basically start over with your team, uh, you've got to get them organized together find some talent, find some camaraderie chemistry in a short period of time, people who are experienced, people who have been through it a little bit, they just got a little bit of a leg up. That doesn't mean a high school student athlete can't come in and transition really fast and quick um, because they can. But uh, like you said, you, you just don't know. I, I always give the example, like for me, when I went to college, I, I might have been mentally ready, but I physically wasn't ready. I had to red shirt. Uh, when Bradley Bill came to us at Florida, we told him everything one time, and he got it at 17 years of age. So it's probably going to be somewhere in between, um, not being ready, not being ready to play physically, and and then being able to do it from day one. Um, but that's kind of the variance, you know, and you just don't know when somebody's played on the collegiate level, and they have that film, they have that tape, they have that coaching, they have all those things. It's much easier to quantify, to look at, to to know what you're getting from somebody on a day in and day out basis because they played 30 to 60 college basketball games. 
John Pelfrey with us, University Showcase right here, Strike Spare Family Fund Center Studio. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your roster, um, some newcomers, David Early. Uh, tell me a little bit about him and your uh, freshman. I know he's OVC freshman uh, recently of the week, uh, Riley Sammons. Anybody else? Uh, well, I know, in, and I want to talk about your big guys inside, too. When I say big guys, your two leading rebounders are 6'5 and 6'7, so apparently they're going after the ball. And I've been practicing this one, John. Uh, Daniel Egbunaway. Yeah, very good. How about very that? Good. That's it. Again, I, I just go back to the HOF thing. It's impressive. Oh, come on, man. I uh, will never bring yeah, that up we're, again. We're, we're excited about um, uh, Daniel. Uh, you know, he, he's from Memphis. We tried to recruit him out of high school a little bit. and ended up going to Little Rock, and um, he has just come in and had a real impact for us. He's a, he's an unbelievable student athlete. Uh, did a great job the first semester in, in classroom, um, and he has – he does a little bit of everything on the court for us. He can defend. He can play multiple positions. Um, I just we're just super excited about his future. David Early came to us from from Marshall. Um, has come in as well from day one and been a really competitive guy and an everyday guy and um, just really appreciative of him and his family for for uh, trusting us and coming here and and uh, he's able to score the basketball, but he's also takes a lot of pride in playing defense. And you already mentioned Deontay, and we, we need a lot of leadership out of him. He's given us that. He's, he's been hurt a little bit as well. Um, and Javis Harvey, you know, he was a preseason pick, first-team All-League. Um, and he's been playing like it here of late. We'll have to see where he's at. He got hurt in our uh, game against Evansville there. We're going to have to see uh, how much time he's going to miss. But those two guys, we rely on them heavily. Um, you know, the young man has, has got a chance, and he already has, and uh, but he he was out for three and a half weeks with sickness with Rodney Johnson. Um, he's had some really, really good moments for us. I think if he can stay healthy, um, he's going to continue to have a big impact for us uh, moving into our conference play. John, uh, uh, the um, conference do you get to look at it, or you just start deep diving into it right now? I know now you're into the you know next game up kind of situation, but have you paid attention? Because I tell you what, it looks to be really balanced. We knew Moorhead State was going to be good, certainly with Mark Freeman, but uh, and, and the job Preston Spradlin does there. But just overall, uh, this league, man, top to bottom, anybody can get you. And I know that's a cliche, but it's true. I, I think so. I think you saw it last year. We had great balance in our in our uh, league last year. Um, I think you're going to see that again. I think there's a lot of talent. Moorhead's obviously super talented. I think Little Rock's talented. UT Martin is talented. Uh, so on and so forth. So um, the coaching is, is is good. I think our league's going to be really strong again this year. And, um, you know, there's a couple of teams, I think, that um, I, you, you kind of know that's going to be there, uh, Moorhead being one of those. But I think everybody else is super competitive, and you have to see what happens on a night-in-night-out basis. But I couldn't agree with you more. Super competitively, good coaching, and I think the players are just getting better and better. Now, we've had this entire interview, and I haven't asked the question, and guess what? I'm not. I do want to know. <laughs> I do want to know, though, how long it took you to get rid of the paintsful Kentucky accent when you spent the next, what, 15 years of your life with Rick Patino and Billy Donovan? I don't know. Everybody says that to me all the time. I don't know. I, I know this. When I get back in the hills, 
I can I can get back into my drawn out uh, dialect pretty easily, but um, yeah, I guess in Rome you kind of do as a Roman. <laughs> you know, when you're, when you're a coach, you got to be able to speak the language. I guess you try to communicate well, and, and uh, those guys have had such a huge impact on my life. Um, there's a lot of things I take from them, and um, but I'm definitely not from New York. I'm from Eastern Kentucky. That boy. All right, I remember seeing you in the uh, playing at Rupp Arena before you became a Wildcat uh, in, in the state tournament up there. Hey, John, good luck this season. We'll, our paths will cross. We'll talk again. Thank you, man. Appreciate you as always. Have a Merry Christmas. All right. See you, John. John Pillar.